2: It is the I couple. I am Chris. He is Rob, and we are live from the TireRack.com studios, hour number two of a three-hour show. TireRack.com will help you get there. They've got an unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free roll, hazard protection, and more than 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com is the way tire buying should be. We got George Tillman Jr., Rob. He's the director of of Big George Form in the movie. Have you seen it yet? Yes, outstanding. Did you you did see it? Yeah, it was really good. I liked it. And um inspiring like I said, you know I was covering story. boxing
3: then, Chris, so to me it really reg- you know uh registered with me.
2: Right, you recover Right, you recovered it when he came
3: back. His comeback. I, I covered the big fight. Right, that, right. That he beat I was Michael. like, "You
2: old, but you ain't that old." No, no, no. Man. Michael you Moore. His first, yeah, no, 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 no. Come on. You down. covered the thrill in
3: Manila. Oh yeah, I was there. That's right. I was nine. But I will tell you this, and this is a true story. I'm not lying. I used to, Chris, listen to fights on my transistor radio under the pillow at night. You know, like the fights were on right. late. I believe it used that. to be yep. on the radio. Yep. Yeah. And I can remember my mom coming in my room saying, "What's that noise?" What? Not what? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, you remember, Rob, when he when Ali
2: beat Foreman in Zaire in uh the thrilling Manila. People thought Ali was going to get destroyed. I mean, li- literally people were fearing for his safety. You know, Foreman was just I mean, Foreman was like Mike Tyson. He was just knocking I mean he was dist- he 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 demolished Joe Frazier in two rounds, knocked him down six times. Frazier had beaten Ali. And they had only fought once at that point, and Frazier had beaten Ali. And so, you know, Eric, and Ali at that time, Rob, I think Ali was 32, which by then was considered old, you know. Who knew you could box till you were 40, right? Right, right. <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, but great story. And so we'll talk to the director of Big George Foreman uh, at the bottom of the hour. Rob, let's go here. Um, We've talked about a lot of great performances in the playoffs. And Mike Malone, the head coach of the Denver Nuggets, whose team's up 3-2 on the Phoenix Suns, uh, said, hey, don't forget about my guy. Here he is.
0: Here he is. Nicola is, um, you know, I learned back at St. Agnes, CYO, you know, the defense tells you what to do. And Nicola never forces anything. I mean, like, he's a guy that literally will just read the game and take what the game offers. And, you know, in this series, everyone's talking about Devin Booker, rightfully so. The the performances he's put on in the first round against the Clippers and against us, they've been, you know, just spectacular. You know, but I think sometimes we maybe take Nicole Jokic for granted because what he is doing is just incredible every single night. As you mentioned, I think now he has his 10 triple doubles in the playoffs, passing Will Chamberlain, who had nine. Um, 29 points, 12 rebounds, 13 assists, two blocks, one steal, and he makes everyone around him better. Never gets rattled, cool hand Luke, and. Um, you know, we're just so thankful that, you know, he's a Denver Nugget and have the relationship in the in the eight years together that I have with him. It's been a lot it's been a, a really fun ride with him.
2: Rob, we have talked I think Mike Malone's right. Uh, I don't. I won't say Nikola Jokic is underrated because he's got two freaking MVP. Nah, so people he, know who that, he, he is,
3: and right. exactly he's not. Yeah, that's foolish uh, to say. And, 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 he, 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 and
2: he darn near became the first player since Larry Bird nearly forty years ago to do three in a third To right. and, and he's, and he he he's not in the second place. Right. right, and he's not the only one that could have done it because it could have been LeBron, it could have been Jordan, it could have been Giannis. Right, like so. But he had that opportunity, so I don't want to paint this picture of, oh, woe is Nicola. Nobody knows how good he is. That said, I do agree with Michael Malone, who he wasn't singing that song either. Rob, we've talked about who's the best player in the playoffs. Jimmy Butler.
3: Devin Devin
2: Booker. Devin Booker. Even Steph Curry, you've heard his name mentioned. Anthony Davis. You go down a ways, at least from what you hear people talking about, before you get to Nikola Jokic. And I got to say, Rob, nobody's having a better postseason than Nikola Jokic. Now, Jimmy Butler, if you want to give him the nod and say, hey, well they upset well, the first seed? And
3: he's doing more with less. Like Jimmy Butler doesn't have a supporting cast Right. But he's beating
2: a lesser team in this round, not the first round. Right. But but I'm just saying,
3: still, they don't have, like, Jokic has two other really good players. I'm not, you know what I mean? He got more than Butler. He do not have as much as some. He does
2: not have an Anthony Davis or a LeBron James. Right. He does not have a Kevin Durant or a Devin Booker. But I hear you. I mean, at Butler, he, he got way more than Butler. That's the right. Darn show. Right. Um, um, go ahead. So, yeah, if you want to give him that edge up. But, but these are Jokic's numbers, Rob, against Phoenix 35 points a game, 14 rebounds, 13.8 per game, 10 assists, literally averaging a triple double. And here are the splits 57% shooting from the floor, tremendous. 47% shooting from three,
3: uh, otherworldly. Can we say ridiculous? Ridiculous might be the right, right word for
2: that. 83% from the free throw line. like. And I think, Rob, and, and last thing I'll say before you go, I think that the reason he is, at least it feels like to me right now, kind of being under, we're not paying as much attention, we're not quite giving him the love that he deserves from these playoffs or whatever is because his game is so understated. Like the only thing he does that's flashy are his passes, and it's not all of his passes. But you know he's a great he's is a great passer. Like I think he's the best passing big man ever. I know Wilt once led the league had the most triple or most assist in the league. So, he, one so you year. think he's the
3: best passer, huh? Yeah, I, I don't know who I do. is. I'm not saying that a lot of people thought or disputing Walton, it. Right, right. right.
2: Or some people obviously, will. I don't know that a lot of people would say Wood. Although he did lead the league in assists one year, but Walton is a name you hear. But I think it's Jokic. Uh, he's got great court vision, a tremendous passer, all that. But and he leads Rob in the entire playoffs right now. He he's of all the guys remaining, he leads everybody in assists per game. Um, so I just think the fact that he doesn't get off the ground much. He's not his game for the most part isn't flashy, and even his personality to a degree at least maybe maybe some of it's you know because of the cultural barrier or whatever, but his personality is feels understated too. Well, and I just think some of that factors in, Rob.
3: When when you don't hear from a guy, Chris, right? Right. You out of sight, out of mind. I don't know. I mean, you'd have to play me some tape. For me to honestly play, like if you played me tape of three guys talking, I couldn't tell you which guy was Jokic. I couldn't, <laughs> and and he's a star. You know what I mean? Like right, I, right, I'm just being right. real, Chris. Like right. you don't hear Superstar. much. You don't hear much from him, so I do think that that's a disadvantage. But I agree, he's not underrated. You don't win MV, two MVPs in no, a row and no. and somebody calls you underrated. Maybe you're not hyped. You're under-hyped? Can we say that, Chris? Under-hyped? He's not on the tongue of everybody talking NBA? I'll buy that, but not underrated. People know this guy is a tremendous player. There's a reason why he was in the mix uh, for um, the MVP again. Yep. Um, because his stuff is that good. I mean, his, well, his ability is that good.
2: I think you used a good word underhyped. hyped. Right. Um, because the guys that are hyped, Rob, are, they do, they, they either their game is just incredibly flamboyant, for lack of a better term, or flashy or beautiful, whatever you want to call it, high-flying, dunking a lot, a uh, bunch of fancy passes, um, hitting a bunch of threes, you know, something like that. A lot of wiggle, a lot of great handle, whatever. Um, Or they talk, that talk. Rob, I think with Tim Duncan, as great as he was and as great as he is recognized to be, basically everybody got him in his top 10. Rob, if if Tim Duncan had the personality of Kevin Garnett. Oh, God. So, right, so he's he's yelling on the court. He's, he, you know, he's just, he got this outgoing, charismatic personality where you just always are looking at him on the court. He's off the court. He's like that as well. Rob, I, I hate to say this because this might be an indictment on just those of us who do these rankings and, you know what I mean, like where we, we judge players. I think he'd be judged a lot higher, as high as he already is. But if he had that type of personality, Rob, same numbers, same championships, 5-1, and one, which is awesome, beating Shaq. Shaq had Kobe. Duncan didn't have Kobe. Right. You know what I mean? Or even, say, Shaq's personality. Don't you think people probably would be like, I think they
3: probably have Duncan ranked even higher. I agree. I mean, the, the, the dude was quiet. You know, I'm going to wear my sandals, Chris. I'm not flashy. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say anything uh, out of line. I'm just going to play and win. And and the other thing, too, Chris, with his numbers, if he had those same numbers and they didn't win, man, I probably wouldn't hear about Duncan at all. No, you're right? absolutely right. Because like, his
2: individual numbers don't blow you away. No. You know, they're they're you good. Very good. Right. right. No, that's a great point. Um. He would just be, but but, uh, yeah. I mean, Rob, if he if he would was he be like LaMarcus Shaq,
3: Aldridge, would he be that guy? I don't know, Chris. I'm if just, he didn't
2: win, yeah. If he didn't win, that's actually not a terrible comparison. comparison. I'm just. Saying, but the thing is, you're saying he was so good. I mean, he just he like basically his numbers don't tell the full story.
3: No, no. I mean, you know what I mean? no. Like, he was. was he was yeah, old, he, he, won, he won. He was a right. Chris he was a free throw away a, a Kawhi Leonard missed free throw away potentially from right. being 6 and 0. Let's just No, talk. right. There's no doubt. And then and that's my point.
2: I, 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 I now some people got him ahead of Kobe anyway. But some people don't. But if he was like outgoing flamboyant, had all this swag, I don't think there'd be a doubt people thought he was better than Kobe. I mean, because yeah. what he did—it was ridiculous.
3: His resume ridiculous. is better, and here's the other thing too that hurts Kobe. I know Kobe fans don't want to hear it, Rob G. Don't faint. Having Shaq on his team hurts Kobe. Well, well, hurts, but but, but Kobe you, might not have five
2: rings. He might not have no, those three rings, those first three rings. But that's that.
3: but that's what I'm saying, Chris. Like like that, like you weren't the best player on your team, right? And he was right. a great player, absolutely. But a Shaq was a what was the best? Rob G has a comparison? what do you got, Rob G?
4: Yeah, just in the Kobe Bryant comparison. Yes. And you know I'm a Kobe guy.
3: Yes,
2: right.
4: So five to five championships. Kim Duncan made the playoffs eighteen out of nineteen seasons. Which Kobe is crazy. fifteen out of twenty. Kobe has more all stars, 18 to 15. MVPs, Duncan 2 to 1. Finals MVPs, Duncan 3-2. to two. All NBA teams are equal, 15 to 15. All defensive teams, Duncan has 15, Kobe has That's 12. Ridiculous. That is 15. ridiculous. It's
2: ridiculous. Duncan was better. I think that I have Duncan mm-hmm. higher rated. Um, but I've said this too before, Rob. If you said whose career would you rather have? Kobe. On the court, I'd rather have Kobe. Yeah. I'd rather be Kobe. Like, you know what I mean? Like, a flashy game. I mean, he's a freaking icon. Duncan is not an icon.
3: No, no, no. But he had a great career. But I agree Oh, with yeah.
2: You. Absolutely. But right. Like, like, Playing I in mean, L.A.
3: and winning, you know, on this stage. There's no doubt about it. Kobe, yeah, and, 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 uh, and all the, the players, the, his flair. And yeah. I told you, you close your eyes sometimes, Chris, and you listen to his interviews, and he sounds like Jordan. Am I right? Yeah, like He was, to me. My goodness he gracious. He was.
2: Uh, I mean this respectfully, like a facsimile of Jordan. But not quite the, the as the tongue, good as Mike.
3: the wristband yeah. on his uh forearm, right? All that the stuff. The way he
2: played, the, the moves, way he walked, a lot of the Chris. moves. Yep, yep. I mean he was very much like Mike. Uh but Duncan Rob career av- never led the league in anything.
3: Now that's shocking. Not even one year rebounds, nothing. Nothing. Now he averaged a ton of rebounds. I would I thought he would better rebound Shaq. I thought but, I thought he would have at least done that.
2: But here's the thing. Now Magic obviously led the league a lot in assists and actually led the league in steals two years. But Larry
3: Bird, uh Rob. He never led the league in scoring,
2: Larry. See, no. Never led it in scoring. I know. I'm trying to look at any other pro and probably certainly not rebounding, even though he led the league in free throw percentage four times. And in minutes twice, but never led in scoring, rebounding, or assist. And so um, he was a part of that 50, 40,
3: 90 club, too, Bird. Uh, There's only been a handful of those guys. I think he is, Chris.
2: <sighs> yes. He right? did it in 86, 87. Yeah. Uh, 52 from the field, 40 from three, 91 from the wow. line. Wow. And uh actually did it the year after that, too 52, 41, 91. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, 877-99 on Fox, 877 uh, 996 Has Nikola Jokic been the best player in the playoffs? And uh, also, is he is he being a bit uh, undervalued, I guess, during the playoffs? Not regular season, but during the playoffs overlooked, if you will. Your turn to in with Chris and Rob, The Eye, a couple of Fox Sports Radio.
0: Or wherever you get your podcast.
2: Wanted to let that bad boy breathe. We're live. We're the eye couple from the tirewright.com studios. We're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at progressive.com. 877 99 on Fox. Your thoughts, Nikola Jokic being overlooked a bit in these playoffs, and um, has he been the best player in the postseason?
3: All right, Chris, let's kick it off with Thomas in the Bay Area. You're on the Odd Couple Fox Sports Radio. You see, I got a hoodie on, Chris. It's cold in the studio.
2: Really? I see you with the hoodie on.
5: All right, fellas? Right. Yes, yeah, Thomas, go ahead. You. How you doing? All right. Yeah, good, good. I think the Tim Duncan comparison is very spot on. Both guys put up, you know, good numbers. Nikola Jokic, you know, prime example is Jordan. We always talk about the sixty-three point game Jordan had in a loss. Well, Jokic dropped fifty-three on D. Book and KD in loss, and you hear nothing about it.
3: He's but, he's nah, not that's a not point. Yeah, you're right.
5: That is a good point. He's not. He's not flashy. He doesn't wow you with his game, but he drops fifty-three and eleven in, in the whole hum. You know. He well, that's the
2: thing. Two. He had eleven assists too. <laughs>
5: Right. Fifty-three points, so eleven assists. He's amazing player, but we all look for the wild wow factor, and he yeah. just doesn't give you that. And that's all you know. That's all it is. I think
2: no I doubt. I also think, even though he I call Jordan, Jordan is the goat clearly, and I think you know, obviously his just resume, Rob, and accomplishments speak for itself. But I, I think the just the beauty of his game is also a factor because some people were calling him like the best player in the world.
3: Before he ever won, Rob. Right. No, I get it. And, know? And, but but they also, let's be honest, were critical of him when he wasn't winning. He got some winning. criticism. He But, did. I mean, he had so much. He had the
2: come fly with me videos. He obviously had to shoot. You know, he had a lot before he even won. But, yeah, he got criticized.
3: Still. No doubt. Adrian in Riverside, California. You're on the Odd Couple Fox Sports Radio. What up? Yo, Adrian. What's up, gentlemen?
5: Thank you for taking my call. Love the show. Thank you, Thank buddy. You. I, I look, I look at this dude, and I'm like, he's like the Tyson Fury of basketball. Like, <laughs> you look at I him, like and that. no, no, nothing athleticism or physique jumps out at you. But the dude, he balls, man. His his passing is elite. And I was really hoping you guys would talk about this after watching it because I said I don't, I don't get it. Then I saw him play, and I was like, yo, like his shots, they were contested hard shots. Everything he was doing was the dude's a baller, man. He is a straight
2: up but that's a, I
5: think that's a
3: great comparison,
2: Tyson Fury. Because you would look at Tyson Fury. Obviously he's huge. But outside of that, you would be like, man, this dude, come on.
3: Right. What no gonna, no right? definition to his body. Right. Nothing. Right. Because we mean, we interviewed him in LA. Yeah. Remember when he fought? I mean, nice I look, guy. We right. had a good time with him. But I no, wasn't man. like, oh my God, look at this guy. He's I ripped. thought Fury was going to knock
2: him out. Yeah. <laughs> that was before the first fight. When we interviewed, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, that
3: was the first one. I
2: mean, I thought Wilder was going to knock him out. I'm sorry, because we didn't think Fury could hit. It, didn't, at that it didn't
3: look like it for sure, and he
2: hadn't his number, you know. And even Wilder didn't think he could hit. He said he had pillow pillows on his on his wrist or something like that. I guess not. Uh, but anyway, a uh, it's the eye talk. couple. It's the eye couple. Chris and Rob, we got George Tillman around the corner, the director of Big George Foreman.
1: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
2: It's the iCouple live from the TyreRack.com studios. Our next guest is the director of Big George Foreman, the movie about the two-time heavyweight champion and uh, a great movie. Both Rob and I saw it. So we welcome in George Tillman Jr. George, welcome hey, to the up? show. What's
3: up? Hey,
5: guys. How you doing? Thank you guys for having me.
2: Nah, it's great to have you on. And uh, like I said, we both saw the movie. I thought it was terrific, as did Rob. What, what was the main point or story you guys wanted to kind of get across to your audience? Like, what did you want them to take away from this movie
5: you know one of the great things that you know as a director is you can by making a movie you can give people an insight and, and you know in terms of how do you live your life and george foreman when i was young i remember seeing him in ali in the rumble in the jungle and i was rooting against him man i was going for <laughs> ali i remember those abc sports when they rebroadcast him, oh yeah and i was going yep. for ali but then later on when i graduated from college i'm seeing a different guy a guy who fight michael moore he fought different he looked different he's a guy that was the underdog and really the point is you can't judge a book by its cover man you can't Mm. change in your life you can change your your strategy and how you fight and you can change your strategy and how you live your life and that's what something i thought i wanted to be able to have audience to take away not only from a sports perspective but from a human perspective
3: that's great yeah it is and for me you know it really you know hit home i actually covered that fight and was sitting ringside when he beat michael moore Knocked him out. I was uh, a columnist for the Detroit Free Press, and Michael Moore lived in my apartment building. And you know he had, made, oh, he yeah, he had made residency in That's Detroit. That's how rich Rob. No, was. it wasn't. No, not at all.
4: <laughs> not at all.
3: But but that was a huge. That was huge. I mean, I remember how big that was because George was getting beat most, you know, in that fight, and then came up with the big hit, the big knock. Yeah, I mean, it was. A- it was pretty amazing. You remember when he made that
5: comeback, man, he was fighting on USA every month, right? He yeah. He was fighting these guys. You know, he win a couple, you think, okay. And then he win 19 in a row, 20 in a row. Then he started saying he wanted to fight Mike Tyson, and he wasn't afraid of Mike Tyson, which really was those guys in the 70s. In the 70s, they fought everybody. All those guys fought. Each That's up. how you
3: made money back then. You had to fight. Right.
5: You had to fight. And that was the underdog that I, nobody saw it coming. And he regained himself back kind of like the ghost of the rumble in the jungle. What Ali did to him, he was able to do the Michael Moore as the underdog.
2: Right, right. Now, I, and I was a kid when he was fighting in the 70s as well. And I remember, I, mean, I was in college, I believe, when he came back. And, you know, it was kind of a joke initially. It was like he was huge. And it was like he was thirty eight, I think, and it was just crazy. And but and the story was that he had he was fighting to make money for his church and his his rec center, uh, or or just his rec center, one or the other. But did he was he really against fighting again? Like, did he want? Did he really not want anything more to do with boxing? at that point and he just
5: had to do it to save the rec center and or his church yeah at that time it was all about the rec center man he felt like he needed to give things back and that was it all about he couldn't make a fist for 10 years so when he came back it was a different thing for him because when he fought the first time he was using this whole championship belt as respect you know what I mean? If they love me. You know, this guy came from the fifth ward in Houston with nothing. You know, teachers wouldn't even look at him the way he dressed. Family members said he'll never be anything. So he needed to fight and hurt people. There's a 1970 fight when he fought this guy named Boone Kirkman. He knocked him out in the third round or fourth round. He hit him in the ear. He just wanted to know what it's like to hit somebody in the ear. Mm. And later on, it was a sport. It wasn't about hurting anybody. It was about being selfless. And I just thought that was a great change when he did come back you know,
3: at that time. And when you look at him and the two different, uh, you know, one as this rough and tough boxer. bully, really. Right. And then to what he turned into, which is the ultimate pitch man and everybody, I mean, he was on every commercial and just people loved George Foreman. It was a transformation, wasn't it?
5: Yeah, the transformation. I mean, that's why you know I really wanted to do the movie because a lot of kids, a lot of younger, they just know him as the grill guy. Right. Some people know him as the boxer and don't know that he was a minister. Yep. And and I love making films where people around, you don't know what's around the corner. You're you watching the movie, you don't know what you're going to see next. And that's what I really gravitated towards. And let's know? be
3: let's be honest, we all had two George Foreman grills. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Am I right? We had those, <laughs> I had
5: a George
2: Foreman Everybody had, had everybody had a George,
3: had a George Foreman deal. grill. He made so much money they had to they had to renegotiate the deal they had with him. He was like he had, he, Can you believe that? I
5: think Hulk Hogan had a chance at it at first. That's what I
3: heard. First, I read that. Hulk Hogan was offered that, Chris, and turned it down. Yeah. Ge- Ge- it George it, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Tell us.
5: No, when George took the grill, I think his wife was saying, Hey, take the grill. And he was like, I just get some free grills. That's all he was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> Can you well, imagine? You you
2: kind of mentioned it. A lot of younger people who are even a little older at this point, because it was a while ago when George won the championship. But and then he, you know, he was a commentator on a lot of fights. And they only remember George for I mean, he was it seemed like he was smiling all the time. And he was yeah. funny. And he was happy-go-lucky, whereas before he was a bully and, and and angry. Like you said, he was fueled by his anger in the ring. How much, like, off once he, you know, became a Christian and a minister and literally his personality did change, how much was he like, is he like the guy that was always smiling? Like, because obviously you're not always like that. But how, how much, you know, of that, was he really like that guy uh, in real life?
5: Man, when I met him, I went down to Houston and he drove me around to his areas where he grew up in and in the, in the areas. He grew up with nothing, man. And um, he was smiling and it just was, I never seen nobody so warm. And I couldn't quite, you know, you never, you remember that look he gave Joe Frazier at the beginning of right. fighting Joe Frazier? Like, and then I remember that Ron Lyle fight. Remember that Ron Lyle yeah, fight? Yeah, that he was, was each other, uh, Four times. He was just an angry guy. He can't, I, can't, I couldn't put it together, and I realized, man, you know, it's, you can walk around with joy and great things happen to you. That's really how he saw it. When he changed things, just things happen. He became the champion, not with Holyfield, which he thought, but it happened at the right time. You know what I mean? And I think that's what his mandate is. When you be good at other people, it sounds like a cliche, but it's really true. It can come back to you, you
3: know? Mm. And how much was he involved in the movie? I was just going to say, yep. How much was he?
5: Man, he was he was very involved. Two scenes that was very important to him, is the transformation scene after the Jimmy Young fight, why he quit fighting. What happened in that locker room? A lot of people thought it was a heat stroke. Yeah. He said he built a near death experience in God, and he said, "I believe it changed his whole life. He wanted that scene just right, and he felt like the scene with his mother. you know how we all about our mothers. He really his mom never liked boxing he did not want to have any scenes with her there watching the fight, any cliches or she really didn't like it. And those are the only two things that was important to him, man. And um, he came to the set for a couple of hours when we did the Joe Fraser fight, and he left. I was a little nervous because, you know, he knocked Joe Fraser six times. I wanted to make right. sure I got that right. Right. So, But he was very supportive, and that's the thing that I really liked. But he was a phone call away, you know? Right.
3: That sounds right. awesome. Uh, how tough is it just to do sports movies in general? Because You know, when people watch it, the authenticity is very important. If you don't get that right, people are like, ah, that's not really boxing or that doesn't look right. Am I right? Man, I'm going to
5: tell you. I'm going to tell you, it's hard, man, because the three fights, some of the fights in the movie, three of them are the most important fights in boxing history. The Ali. You know, to Joe Fraser and Michael Moore, if you count that, right? right. So it was, it was pressure every day. It's always a pressure. You know, I did a film years ago, Men of Honor, with Robert De Niro, it was about the first African American Navy diver. Nobody knew him, but I felt indebted to get his story right. I did the the Notorious with the Chris Wallace. You know, the you know that whole story with Biggie Notorious B.I.G. Yeah. It's always hard to get it right. But boxing is another thing because there's so many great boxing movies. You know what I mean? So right. You just want to get it right and at the same time let people be on the edge of their seat, not feel preachy, you know what I mean? Right, right. Then you mentioned the the shower, You know, or I, I shouldn't
2: say the shower scene, the scene where he, you know, uh, in the locker room after the Jimmy Young fight where he had the experience with God. And he got up, because I know a lot of times Hollywood you embellish things, and he, once he kind of got up, he went and took – he had to go take a shower, like, in his trunks and everything. Was – did he – was that true? And it seemed like he believed that was like a baptism or something.
5: Yeah, that was true, man. It took six guys to, to, to hold him down. And he got up and he just went towards the shower he felt like he wanted to wash away his sins all the bad things that he did and the way he fought and the way he reacted to things uh, that was the thing that was so true to him it was very hot that night in jamaica you know when they you know when they fought there um and it was it was he was delirious and, then, and he said when he went to black he smelled death you know what I mean? That's what he felt, and when he said, "I believe I don't want to die." That's when he came out of it, but and that's where he went right towards the shower. That's where he went to. Everything in there, specifically how it happened. And I mean, when he quit boxing, I remember my father was like, well, "Why would anybody want to quit boxing? He should get back to Ali." But that's something that he felt where he needed to do. Wow. Well, that's uh, Great George job. Tillman Jr., Great the job. director
2: of Big George Foreman. Yes, indeed, excellent job with that movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, definitely go check it out. It's a great uh, movie and a great story and lesson you'll learn from it. George, thank you, and good yes, luck with congrats. everything. Yes, congrats. Mazel tov. Thank toh. you, guys.
5: I'm a, huge, I'm a huge fan of your show every night, every day. Oh, oh thank man. you. Oh, man, wow. Thank you. We yeah. appreciate that. Thank you. All right, brothers. Take care.
2: Yep, see ya. All right, uh, the All-NBA team is out, Rob. I got my own All-NBA team. I was a voter, an official voter. Mine is different, though. We'll get into that next. I right, a couple Fox Sports Radio.
1: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
2: All right, it's the Odd Couple live from the com studios. Uh, at the end of your first year, Discover Credit Cards automatically doubles all the cash back you've earned. Everything you've earned is doubled. Seriously, see terms and check it out for yourself at Discover.com slash match. Rob, the All-NBA teams came out uh, an hour or so ago. And uh, I'm an official voter, but my teams were different from the uh, official... Team, which how is different, obviously the hundred voters. Let's hear. Voters. Let's hear you. Well, Rob G, uh, let's start with the first team.
4: First team forward, Parker.
2: You can comment.
4: Giannis, Tatum, guards, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Luka Doncic, and at center, Joel Embiid. What would you have, Chris?
2: You didn't have I that? have forwards Giannis and Joel Embiid at forward. Center Nikola Jokic, guards Jason Tatum. And Donovan Mitchell. And you can't just vote like they got Tatum is listed as a guard and a forward. Jokic is listed as a center and a forward. So you could vote different positions. But yeah, I I the one thing like I I did take Rob a lot of winning into account. I mean, obviously I weighed it too with your individual performance. But Luca and Shea, neither of them made the playoffs. Luca didn't even make the play in. And so I took those into consideration. When I put that together my
3: team, I, I get it, but I also believe like they could have a great season and lose, you know, not make the playoffs, and it's not totally their fault. Absolutely, right. So that's why I think some. But people, some
2: of it's their fault in basketball. You know what I mean? Like no,
3: I'm not saying that they're exonerated that totally, yeah. right? But but you could play well and then just be on a bad team. So you are
4: surprised that those two guys got it.
2: I was surprised they made first team. So now my second team, go ahead, Rob G, with the second team.
4: Second team at center, Nikola Jokic, no surprise. Guards, Donovan Mitchell, Steph Curry. Forwards, Jimmy Butler, Jalen Brown.
2: So my second team, my center was Anthony Davis. And, um, you know, he's obviously playing ferociously in the playoffs. My forwards, I put Luka, and I know he handles the ball. They had him as a forward and a guard. So I had Luca on my four as a forward and Jalen Brown as a forward, second team. My guards were Shea Gilders Alexander and De'Aaron Fox. Steph, I put on third team because he didn't play as many games 50 something games. Now, Anthony Davis only played 50 something as well, but the center position is not as deep as the guards. And so I thought there were guards that. Had just as great a seasons as Steph, and played more games, so that's why I, I did that. Okay, that makes sense. I know you agree with me not having Steph on there. That's all. You already know what
3: that. You that. Fin- finally, you got but, it right, Chris. But you that's see what how saying.
2: objective a brother is. Well, that's all what right. I'm what's, saying. I'm objective.
3: I, I, I'm <laughs> objective.
4: What's the official Uh, third Last one, third team. Center, Domas Sabonis, a no AD. De'Aaron Fox and Damian Lillard at guards. And the forwards, Julius Randle and LeBron James.
2: My center was Sabonis as well. Uh, He had a great year. His numbers are ridiculous. Uh, 18, 12, and seven dimes. uh, Something like that. Forwards, I went with Julius Randle and LeBron. Um, LeBron still had a great year, even at 38. And then my guards were Steph and Ja Morant. Now, obviously, Rob, I think voters, and this is fine, I'm just saying, I think voters held, you know, Ja's stuff that went on off the court against him. And I don't mean and it, it, but it spilled over to the court because you missed games that could have hurt your team. So I, I don't have a problem with guys doing that, but I just think Ja, bottom line, was one of the best 15 players in the league and still played like 60-something games.
3: Yeah, that that it that sounds like people were holding against them. Yep. You know what I mean? And and uh I don't know. I guess it shouldn't it it shouldn't factor in because other people Chris who have missed games or maybe were suspended. I can't believe that everybody who made those lists never were suspended or never missed games, right?
2: Well, that's a good. That's a. It'd be interesting, right? Yeah,
3: to do something just to see as anybody who's ever been suspended because
2: long suspensions aren't that common. You right. know what I'm saying? Like eight game suspensions aren't so. That so common, maybe that's so
3: maybe that's it, and they felt like because he was
4: suspended.
2: I definitely think that was a factor.
3: Well, it's interesting
4: and you guys brought that up because the two biggest uh, headlines coming out of these all NBA teams, number one being John ja Morant. You know, now no, he's missing out on it the Supermax. How money much? How much wise. money? Yeah. Right. How uh, much a money lot of miss? money and number 2 oh, is that sick. now Jalen Brown is eligible for the Supermax so right. the idea of him leaving which had been a long standing rumor it kind of takes a little well, bit of a it, juice away he can get so the Supermax in Orlando off, what, Rob, oh, about
2: 30 million
4: 30, about 30 33 something oh my like that god. yeah god
2: think
3: about that i'm sick
2: that's woo wee, but he I mean, had, but, he, but you know what?
3: He'll plenty. be fine. He had that many singles on oh, the floor be. at that strip club. I think thirty three million.
2: He had 50, it was fifty thousand dollars, Rob. <laughs> Do you remember on that the, on the floor?
3: I went to all it those was. singles. You could have got a master's degree and a PhD,
2: right? With that, <laughs> it's the eye couple. Keep it locked.
0: work.